and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Are you happy to be at church? Um, well, I want to tell you about uh, a time when I was dating Alyssa. Um, I got into her car. Um, she drove a 1997 Toyota Starlet, um, which is a two-door um, clown car, basically. Um, it, uh, it was gifted to her by a very generous family in uh, Horizon Church. Fun fact, she, she, she got gifted it. She did not spend any money on it other than petrol for like four years. And then a couple of weeks, it, then it died six weeks before we got married. Then three weeks before it was on the side of the road dead, um, completely dead, would not move. Then three weeks before we got married, we got a, um, a, a recall notice, a buyback scheme. Please do not drive your Toyota Starlet, very dangerous. We wanna offer you $3,000 to buy it back. And so three weeks before our wedding, a car that she spent no money on is lucky to be alive because she spent no money on it. And we got three grand. Man, that was a good deal. Thank you, Jesus. I remember getting into her car and, uh, and there were a thousand post-it notes everywhere. Post-it notes all over her dashboard, all over her um, steering wheel, absolutely everywhere of every colour. Um, and they had verses everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. But the, the spring was coming and she winds down her window and I just remember being in this lotto ball machine of post-it, po- colourful post-it notes flying everywhere. And over this prayer and fasting season, we've talked a lot about fasting. But tonight, I just want to zone in on what Alyssa did. And she just had a thousand scriptures. And when she got in her car, all she did was just prophesy and pray the scripture after scripture after scripture until the Holy Spirit wind blew them all away. And I want to talk about prayer, if it's okay. I just want to, I actually believe that there's going to be an impartation of the anointing to pray. Um, I, I find it crazy that in our lives, this is, this is the scary thing that I don't like to think about. That my world and my reality is one way and could be different if I took a hold of prayer more. Like, that's a bit scary. There, there are some things that I'm going through. There are some things that my family and my wife are going through that are the way that they are, not because of anything else other than I haven't gone to prayer. I haven't brought God into the situation. And you know what else is crazy? The thing that like trips my brain about prayer is that I just wrote down in worship, I just felt God remind me, prayer is the great equaliser. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter if you're in a wilderness season or you're in a mountaintop season, your prayers are just as effective. It doesn't matter if you're the most spiritual in the room or you're a brand new baby Christian, your prayers are equally as effective. (laughs) That it is, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how many children you have, how many, what your family's like, doesn't matter where you work, your prayers, all of our prayers are equally as effective as long as we go to Jesus. We got to get a God who listens and answers to our prayers. My reality, my lived experience, my world, my family, a lot of my friends, really need me to take a hold of prayer more. <laughs> I've got a whole world 
crying out, Jackson, would you get a greater revelation of prayer? Would you receive the authority that Christ won for you on the cross and take a hold of prayer more? Um, I, I, our church, um, I've got to say, we are a praying church. Um, I love that about Horizon Church. He's like, we are, we're like crazy on prayer, like prayer, 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 prayer. Um, I got a senior pastor. I'm like, how is your morning today, Pastor Brad? And he's like, ah, oh, just up at 4 a.m. praying. And I, I ask that every day, and every day that is the response. And I'm walking the office, and I see our executive pastor go like this, oh, like some sort of pain in her stomach. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, man. I don't think a coffee-only fast for a week is wise. I think the acid's burning my stomach. <laughs> um, Alyssa and I have the privilege of leading um, Horizon Youth Young Adults and Young Professionals. The reason why I say that mouthful, by the way, is because one day I used to just say youth and young adults, and then one day a young professional came up to me and said, what about us? I was like, okay, I'm really sorry. Apologies. Um, but one of, uh, they all have, all of those age groups have a leader at both campuses, and one of those um, amazing leaders just bought a house. And uh, it's so crazy. This, this girl is absolute on fire. Um, but Alyssa asked, what, what made you choose that house and why did you choose that? And she said, because I w- when she walked in, there's this long hallway and she just knew that's my prayer hallway. And I love that. I, um, I was sitting in the office recently um, and we were talking about with, our, my, with the youth team, um, all the age group leaders that run Force, Chosen and St Andrews, and one of them is sharing with Jazz and I like these out of control ideas, like the type of ideas and the type of strategy that makes me feel like a failure as a youth pastor, all right? Like they were, Jazz, they were so good. And, and before I had the opportunity to say so, Jazz goes... Where on earth did you get all this? And he goes, oh, I was just praying. And I'm like, oh, yeah, prayer. (laughs) Don't even get me started with our Horizon intercessor team who are the most remarkable people in the world and have taught me, have taught me that prayer is one of the most legitimate ways that we can serve is to pray. Um, over, the, over the years, um, uh, I've, uh, I, my old youth pastor, eyes on you, Pastor Tim, um, when he says, I went on a prayer walk, that's synonymous with, I've changed my mind. Um, and the plans are going out the window and we've got new plans now. Um, and so on and so forth. I mean, I've got um, some of my own... Um, Funny, funny prayer stories that I just thought I'd, I'd quickly share. Um, uh, one day, um, I'm dropping a life group guy home. I was, I was 18 and very unaware of the power of prayer. Um, very unaware that when you receive the authority that Christ won for us on the cross um, and you start to pray it, um, that things really shift in the spiritual realm. And so I am, um, I am driving home. I'm driving a young man home, actually. Um, and if you know the Shire very well, um, at Cronulla, there's a road that goes to uh, the long lost suburb of Cornell. And there's, a, there's an iconic roundabout at Cronulla High um, that, that just, you know, as soon as you pass that, it's like, okay, we're going to nowhere. And uh, I, remember, I, I remember driving around this roundabout. Um, I got this, uh, this young man, his name's C- Caleb. He was about 13, year eight, um, Pacific Islander. 
um, really big, really big, scary, intimidating dude. Super soft and lovely, but super, super broad and huge and like should be like a professional footballer. Like he's just a unit, right? Um, About three times the size of me as I'm an 18-year-old. And um, I'm driving, right? And I'm driving around this roundabout and we're talking about heavy stuff in the car. And he says, uh, I say, can I pray for you? Right? And he goes, yeah, sure. So then I just start saying, in the name of Jesus, and I just start commanding the the situation in his life to shift. Okay, very unaware. And I've just got to say, after this incident, I stopped praying because um, I was so scared of the authority that I had in Christ. And I started crying, okay? So, So I'm praying for him. And then he starts going, stop burning me. Stop praying. Stop burning me. And I'm like, what is going on? And start crying as we're driving the Kernel Road home. Um, And as I said, it's to the middle of nowhere and it was a long time. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I I remember there's a, my favourite coffee shop still is Grind, but the reason it was, it became my favourite coffee shop was because um, all the youth leaders, including Aziza Green, used to go there and that's where they would hang out. And I used to bring um, Aziza free banana bread. I remember that the other day when she'd sit doing her work. Um, And I I wanted to work there because Pastor Tim worked there and he was my hero. And so anyway... I remember I got a job there. I'm like, I don't know, 14 or 15. Um, I'm praying. I'm loving worship music. Um, and I've got, I'm, I'm really cool, um, K-O-O-L. And I've got one ear in on my headphones and one ear out. Um, I'm loving life and I'm just feeling really cool. But my mind started tripping. I've got one earphone in, one earphone out. But I can hear the music out of both ears. And I just thought it was a weird phenomenon going on in my life. Like the brain was playing like mind tricks on me. And uh, so I'm in like this coffee shop where I'm trying to keep up my status. I'm trying to look like Pastor Tim looked like, but not that that would ever happen, coolest guy on earth and not. Um, and I'm trying to maintain the image of like, I'm a cool guy, K-O-O-L. And, and then uh, I'm like, what is, why can I hear worship music out of both ears? You know what I mean? Um, and then I take my earphone out to order and I realise there's been a mistake with my headphones and it's like blasting out of my phone, blasting worship music out to the rest of Grind. Um, I, I, I quickly discovered that when in Matthew chapter 6, when, when, when Jesus says, go to your bedroom and pray, um, my bedroom didn't really work for me. I didn't quite enjoy my house very much. Um, so I found a beach and on this beach... Um, I actually it was the formation of who I became walking up and down this beach and just spending time in prayer I didn't have very good words I didn't know what I was doing most of the time but I learnt and this character or whatever's going on on the inside was formed on this beach um, and I would walk up and down but one night um, I choo- chose to go on a, a nighttime walk and um, it's on Botany Bay so you can see the airport on the other side at Kernel um, and I'm walking along and I can see what um, appears to be a jet ski um, with green lights on it or a boat or something in the far distance um, and it's zooming along and I'm feeling quite special right because um, I was walking as fast as it was zooming and I felt just kind of fast and stuff. And so I'm walking and this thing is zooming with me. And I'm like, this is sick. And I've got my worship music blasting. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I'm praying in tongues. And I'm like just having the best time ever. And, um, and, and then I go like this. I walk backwards. And the boat goes backwards. And then I go forwards. 
And the boat goes forwards. And then I'm like backwards, forwards. I take out my earphones and about five metres away from me there is a drone and it's flying and videoing me praying on the beach. And I'm thinking I've gotten into some ASIO type stuff here. I must be praying about national security or something in my tongues. I was sitting in, um, in Sutherland, um, we have two White Horse coffee shops, if you didn't know. Um, one's called Elliot and one's called, <laughs> we call it White Horse, but it's called Freshly Roasted Coffee or Flora Street Espresso. Um, and okay, just fun tip, if you want to go and meet people and hang out and just run into people and have a casual conversation, um, you go to Elliot. If you don't want to see anyone, you go to Flora Street Espresso, okay? And so I was in Flora Street Espresso. And I'm, um, I've got my laptop up. Um, I don't know what, I can't remember what type of work I'm doing. Um, and as I'm working, I see my mum's friend. Um, I think she's my mum's fizzy friend. Um, do, does anyone know what fizzy is? Um, uh, okay, you want to know the definition of torture? Um, being a, a 12 or 13 or 14 or... 15-year-old male and having to go to your sister's fizzy competitions. Or worse, your mum's fizzy competitions. (laughs) Um, So one of my mum's fizzy friends, and I recognise her, say, hi, Leanne, how you going? Um, And and, um, um, she she comes up, really lovely lady, and she goes, "Um, yeah, really good. I'm really good, thanks. Um, But I could tell, I was like, something is off here. So I just said, are you sure you're okay? And um, she goes, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And I'm like, no, no, are you, like, just one more time, ask, are you sure there's nothing going on? And she goes, well, actually, I just had a heart attack and I just got out of hospital this morning. Um, and so I don't, I don't do this a lot. Um, I probably should do it more often. Um, I just said, Leanne, would you mind if I prayed for you? And she goes, I would really love that. So I'm sitting on this tall stool. She's to my right. And I say, I'm just going to put my hand on your shoulder and I'm just going to pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much that you love Leanne. And God, I pray healing over her heart. And I pray for all of the fear and how scary this is. God, I just pray that you would bless her. And I open my eyes. She's crying and she just goes, thank you so much. And I was like, that was awesome. (laughs) That was really awesome. Since getting married, (laughs) sorry about all the stories, (laughs) Uh, apologies. Since we got married, I don't have to go to the beach anymore. I've got my own living room. Oh my gosh, it's life changing. (laughs) It's life changing. Um, I got a living room. It's the sickest thing ever. Um, It's about the size of like um, me to the table, but I love it. Uh, It's mine. Um, and Alyssa's. <laughs> um, <laughs> not when I'm praying, though. I'm like, to the room. <laughs> um, so uh, I got a living room now. And I, I, I'm usually a walker. Like, I've walked to the beach for so long, right? But now I have a living room with a couch. And now I sit on the couch. And I'm, like, living my absolute best life. And I just sit there. And I just listen to Jesus. And I'm just like... Jesus, what do you want to say? And then I sit there for like half an hour or longer and I am just so peaceful and then Alyssa pops her head out. She's like, 
what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just like, I am listening to Jesus. The lounge room has taught me that sitting with Jesus is the best type of relationship. Oh my gosh. The beach taught me for that season of my life because I love church. When I got saved, I fell in love with church. I love worshipping together. But the beach taught me that it, God is even better at home by myself. Caleb taught me when I drove him home that demons tremble at the authority that I carry when I speak the name of Jesus. And Leanne taught me, taught me when I prayed for her and the other people that I prayed for, Leanne taught me that it is so normal to put your hand on someone's shoulder in a coffee shop or wherever you find and say, can I quickly pray for you? Our world, my friends, my family, my mum, my sisters, my wife are all waiting to ca- for me to catch a hold of the revelation that prayer is normal. It's part and parcel of doing life with Jesus. So why don't we pray? And I think the answer is we just don't know how. <laughs> it's so funny some things can get way too complicated the longer you, you've been a Christian. And I don't know if you're okay with it, but very simply, I'd like to like, like simplify prayer. And I've titled tonight, Unlocking Your Prayer Life. And it's real simple. And in about six minutes, we're going to practice. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, I'm going to read this um, verse over you. It's Psalm 63, verse 1 to 11. David is in a really hard time in his life. He's in the middle of a desert. Here's what he says. Um, Give me one second while I take a drink. This took a while. Let's go. All right, here we go. Psalm 63, verse 1 to 11 says this. Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me with the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on on you through the night because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become food for the jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who swear to tell the truth will praise him, while liars will be silenced. One more verse, and this is my, I just, this is what told me to preach on prayer tonight. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Okay, here we go. You ready? Unlocking your prayer life. Number one, find time and find your rhythm. Find time and find your rhythm. Prayer is so deceptively easy if you find time and find your rhythm. And your rhythm and your time does change. Different seasons of life require different things. Matthew chapter 6 says, go into your room. For me, 
That meant my room was the beach. I got on that beach and I walked up and down and I prayed. Now my room is my living room. But we got to find time for God. I tell you regularly because I get really upset about it, but when I pay $4.50 for a coffee, it's recently gone up 50 cents and it comes back as a terrible coffee. The outrage that I feel on the inside, that is ridiculous and a crime. I paid $4.50 for this, it better be good, right? All right, I know I'm being intense, but I know all the people in the room feel it as well. Can I tell you, you will never feel ripped off when you give God your time. You will never have that outrage feeling thinking that wasn't worth it. All we got to do is find some time. In a busy season, if getting up earlier to find time with God, to find time in prayer, can I tell you, it's better than half an hour's extra sleep. Time in God refreshes you. In, on a Sunday after Friday, uh, Youth Friday, event Saturday, Sunday morning church, before Sunday night church, I want to just sleep. But if I get to the beach and I pray, I tell you what, I come to church more refreshed than if I had half an hour sleep. Number two, find Scripture. Number two, find Scripture. Here's, here's the real mythbuster, I think, with prayer, that God doesn't really care about our words. Matthew chapter 6 says, God knows what we need before we even ask Him. Yet many of us think we can't pray because we don't have the right words. Well, let me tell you how to find the right words. Find a scripture. I'm convinced that the greatest Christian discipline is someone who gets a hold of the Word of God and prophesies it through prayer. Someone who gets a hold of a scripture and goes, I may only have, um, I may only have one scripture, but I'm going to decide to pray it. I remember one time I was praying for a, a, a friend of mine and, um, and one time I'm praying on the beach, walking in Cornell, and I ended up saying, this, is, this has only ever happened to me once, but I remember saying, um, God, I just thank you for Lyndon. God, I just pray over him. Pray you bless him. Pray that you'd heal him. In Jesus' name, I just pray that you'd heal him. And I'm like, I'm young. I'm just saying the same words over and over and over again and having a great time, right? Um, and I'm just saying... and. And then I started saying, just like it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 19, one touch from you can heal him. One touch from you can heal him. And the whole time I'm thinking, what does Luke chapter 6, verse 19 says? And I didn't know. But God in this moment taught me the power of prayer. When I went back and looked at Luke 6, 19, it says all the people flocked to him because one touch from Jesus, the healing power went out of him. Ephesians chapter 6 says, young adults, that the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. You want to know how to demolish things. You want to know how to pull down principalities and break chains off people, yourself and your friends and family. All you got to do is get hold of the Word of God and prophesy it through prayer. If you don't have the words, we've got a word. Just pray it, even if it's simple words over and over and over again. Number three, turn pressure into prayer. Turn pressure into prayer. David, when we read this psalm, David, is, he's, he's fleeing from someone, by the way, and he's, he's found himself into the wilderness. And the pressure drove him to prayer. I've got to say, one of the best pieces of, of advice that I've gotten in the past 12 months is, Jackson, doesn't matter what um, makes you get on your knees before Jesus as long as you get on your knees before Jesus. Do you know when pressures come now, now I'm on my knees usually at 5.30 or earlier in the morning and 
It's all I can do is get on my knees before God. And do you know what I find myself doing? I'm having so much fun in the presence of God. I'm feeling so free in the presence of God. I end up praising God because He gave me the pressure. Number four, it's good to listen. (laughs) It's good to listen. Do you know, I, I just feel like I'll get the band to come and join me if that's all right. I just feel like in, in today, I know I'm preaching predominantly to um, youth, young adults and young professionals in the room today. I just want to say in the 21st century of a lot of noise in the world and we feel the pressure to create more content and create more words and, and constantly just talk, 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 talk. Can I just say that it is so good to get in prayer and listen. When I can just sit on the couch in early morning um, and I won't tell you what I'm wearing at that point. I sit on the couch, just me and Jesus, one lamp on, a little bit of worship music, and I just listen to God. So many words, sometimes they're good, but I think most of the time, God looks at us like a friend who like, you know when you have a friend and they won't stop talking even though they've already communicated their point? (laughs) I really don't like those conversations. I'm like, I can't, they don't even take a breath for me to say, um, I get it. And sometimes I feel like God is saying, hey, take a breath and listen to me. Listen to me. Number five, and we're going to end on this. Number five is learn how to praise. Learn how to praise. Learn how to praise. Verse four in in that scripture, it says, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. And here's what I'm getting at when I say this, is that I have had to learn um, through all life's ups and downs in my world. I have had to learn the discipline of sometimes I don't feel like praying. Sometimes I don't feel like going to God. Sometimes I feel like life has dealt me a really unfair blow. But I get on that beach or now I get in that living room and I say, I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care what the pressures are. God, I choose to praise You. I declare that You are good and You will never stop being good. I don't care what my situation says. I declare You will be victorious here, God. I don't care that I feel like I'm the last, I'm finished, I'm beneath. No, I am victorious. I am the first because I've got You, Jesus, and I learn how to praise. The reality is, this this scares me as I preach to myself today. The reality is that the atmosphere of my life is dictated not by God, but my ability to prophesy what God wants me to prophesy. When I live in just discouragement and all of these things, which I gotta say, often I find myself doing. God says, if you grab a hold of the discipline of praising, Remembering a really hard season of my life. In fact, I was so tired and just so worn out and I feel like the world had like backhanded me. Um, I had two weeks or three weeks annual leave and um, about a week and a half before the annual leave, Pastor Brad pulled me aside and he said, Jackson, I really can tell you need to just go on holidays now, like start your annual leave basically tomorrow. Um, Like I I was visibly wiped out. Um, And for a long time, I couldn't shake it. Um, and I, w- I made the mistake. It was the best trip ever. Um, but 
I needed a holiday with God, but instead I went on a boys' trip. <laughs> and uh, boys' trips are great, but they're always there. You know what I mean? Um, we're in Japan and they just won't leave me alone. Um, and so um, one night I snuck out of the room. I'm on this random Japanese island called Naoshima. I find a beach um, because that's what I knew at the time. Go to the beach. And I'm on this random Japanese island beach. And I just decided... My world's really hard right now, but I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna wave my arms, and I'm like David, I'm gonna praise you as long as I live, no matter what the circumstance. So, can I encourage you in our prayer and fasting season that it is time to grab a hold of the most powerful Christian discipline? Get a word from Scripture and get on a beach and start to prophesy. Just get on that beach, whatever that means for you, no matter how new to faith or how old to faith. Grab a hold of that Scripture and start to prophesy it. Prophesy it just means I'm going to speak out the Scripture as if it's my reality already. I'm just going to speak it out in faith like Jesus is well and truly doing this already. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.